0: Hi, and welcome to the Power of Technology podcast series from Dell Technologies. I'm Steve Dayborn from our PowerEdge marketing team, and today I'm joined by Joanne Kent, who is one of our Dell security product managers. Hi, Joanne.
1: Hi, Stephen. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, thanks. How are you? Doing great. Excellent. Well, I'm hoping you're going to help be able to help me today because I want to find out a bit more about this identity access management or I-I-M. IAM. I A M? See, I can't even say it. That's interesting with an acronym. But what is IAM? Can I can I just buy it? Can I just go and call up Dell and say, I'd like to buy IAM,
1: please? Well, let me see if I can help you out. So IAM is Identity and Access Management. In its most basic terms, IAM is about making sure that users and entities trying to access your data center are who they say they are, and they're allowed to do what they're asking to do. Uh, It's comprised of three dimensions, authentication, which is identifying a requester, authorization, which is validating that the requester can access what they want to access and audit, making sure that the security controls and processes in the data center are working and being followed as designed. So of course, these three dimensions will themselves break down into individual security controls, which can be supplied by different vendors. So buying IAM is not simple or straightforward. It does require proper architecture and vendor assessment for each of the individual security controls to determine what's right for any given customer's infrastructure.
0: Okay. Wow. Okay. So I'm not just going to be able to go and buy two packets of IAM then?
1: Hmm. No, it's, <laughs> it's more of a high-level uh, concept implemented at a very low level with very specific needs.
0: So. So what does this actually bring to a customer if they decide to go into this and and look at at a whole architecture by the sound of it of IAM? What will it actually give them um, as an organization?
1: Well, security controls in general are all about making it too difficult for a bad actor to gain access to protected data and infrastructure. A properly designed IAM will contain security controls like multi-factor authentication, single sign-on, role-based access control, auditing, and so on in order to make it a challenge to these entities attempting to access the data center. It will limit their access as appropriate and even track what they're doing. IAM is one of many layers of protection wrapped around a customer's sensitive data and assets.
0: Interesting. You, you mentioned single sign-on, and I think it was uh, multi-factor authentication. So sure. are they actually pieces of IAM? I've got to get this acronym right, I-A-M. Um,
1: they are. So they're part of the authentication dimension. And what you want to be able to do is to challenge the user based on... Um, dimensions such as things that they know things that they are things that they have so your standard password-based authentication is challenging the user based on what they know in other words their username and password but all you have to do is read the news to know that that's just not sophisticated yeah my passwords are never good yeah well that's a whole nother conversation (laughs) Um, Multi-factor authentication adds another dimension to it. So for example, um, what you have, when you go to log into your VPN and you use that, that you get challenged to put in a token, you have that token, that token value, you type it in. So it's a combination of your username, password, plus that token. Uh, What you are dimension is biometrics, uh, an iris scan or a fingerprint or a face scan. So you, Combine these together to make sure you challenge the user to prove who they are. Now, single sign-on is when, well, I've logged in. I've gone through all of these hoops. You know who I am. You know I have valid credentials. I don't want to, once I'm in the door, I don't want to input them every time I try to access a different asset. So single sign-on will share credentials. That were established during authentication between trusted entities within the infrastructure. So it's like you open your key to get in the door and you now have uh, free reign to go through every door in, uh, in a particular area of the building. Uh, role-based access control, I talked about that. That's where uh, during the figuring out if you're allowed to access to go through the lab door, do you have the right role to do that? So you share your credentials, but if your credentials don't have the right information in it, you might not be able to access a, partic- a particular asset.
0: Okay. Now that makes a lot of sense. And you know that I, I like the idea of the, the single sign-on stuff. I know we use it within Dell because... Uh, if I had to enter my password every time and with the secure levels of password we have to use at Dell, that would drive me crazy.
1: Exactly. But, exactly.
0: Okay. So that, that's fantastic that we, we sort of piece together some of these IAM pieces. Then I guess my confusion then is what's this to do with zero trust? Cause I'm hearing huge amounts of, zero trust and everybody is out there screaming and shouting zero trust is the you know what people should be trying to implement how does that map on to (laughs) IAM really (laughs) tongue-tied today
1: uh well in my personal opinion IAM is the foundation on which zero trust architecture is built the mantra of of zero trust architecture also known as ZTA is never trust always verify. And IAM is the front door to that system. If you can't verify, you can't have zero trust. So without IAM, zero trust is undoable.
0: Ah, right. So when we're talking zero trust, IAM gets there in the end. It is a fundamental piece of it. Okay, that's all building a, a real picture now of how all of this bolts together, which is great. So what are the challenges organizations are you're seeing having trying to implement all of these technologies?
1: Well, the difficulty of implementing IAM uh, and, and getting zero trust architecture into place depends on the organization and the architecture of the infrastructure. So for example, if you design IAM and any security, to be honest with you, in general, into an infrastructure from day one, from from design phase, it's infinitely easier than attempting to bolt it on after the fact. But of course, um, organizations starting from scratch very rarely happen. Infrastructures are organic beasts. So uh, it it can be a significant challenge to to weave in IAM. And then if you've got a company that's bought another company that's bought another company, each of those companies have their own IAM. It gets harder and harder. Um, That doesn't mean you don't do it. Adding security in on day whenever is certainly better than never doing it at all. And to ensure proper design, regardless of the stage at at which it's added, It's in the organization's best interest to include security experts when laying out the architecture and making the design and deployment decisions. A lot of work has to go into vendor assessment, has to go into figuring out where they're going to make trade-offs because all of this costs money. The more secure something is, the more expensive it's going to be. And so assessments about, well, how much security do we really need in one given place has to happen as well. It's not just a simple on switch.
0: And as you say there, the, the integration must be fun because I know, yeah, we we have things like the single sign-on between applications. So once I've logged in and if I go and do a travel request, I don't have to log into that. And that's not even our system. So we can link to with those functions outside of an organization as well.
1: Absolutely. So what you're referring to is something called an identity provider, and it is a thing out there, there are many, many different flavors of it um, that has information about users. And so you might see it in your browser, you know, use your single sign-on, your Dell single sign-on and you see the browser line doing all sorts of switchbacks and whatnot, and then you're magically in. So what's happening is that there's a negotiation happening and under the covers, we rely on standards standards such as uh, SAML, S-A-M-L, secure, oh, assertion. There we go, secure assertion markup language. (laughs)
0: It's not just Uh, me with those acronyms. I'm so pleased.
1: (laughs) No, the A decided to run right out of my head. So secure assertion markup language, which is an old standard these days, um, but it's well-rooted in infrastructures now. It's rather secure. Um, and it's well understood. There are new ones like OIDC and OAuth and so on. These are just ways for machines to machines to, to communicate in a known and repeatable fashion so that credentials, for example, can be shared even when you're going outside of the typical infrastructure domain.
0: It's a big piece of work. To deploy and manage and control, initially to get set up, but the benefits are obviously huge for an organization. But where do you see it actually going in the future of you know in our life times as such? What what sort of capabilities or technologies do you see coming that's going to be part of this?
1: First, let me dig into one part of your question. You know, absolutely right. It's a huge effort to set up, but set up is only step one. The third dimension of IAM is audit. So we, As I said before, we have authentication, authorization, and audit. And that is audit dimension is about making sure that the security control that you've put into place stays working as it's designed. Uh, data centers evolve. Let's take a very uh, a simple example. A user is brought into the company. They're onboarded, as they say, and they they have their uh, credentials and their Uh, role-based access control, access, and then they leave the company. Was that user properly off-boarded? There needs to be auditing processes in place that will help companies ensure that the security controls that they have spent a lot of time and money on are still doing what they are supposed to be doing, um, simply that we haven't broken them through human errors or configuration changes, or a process, a human process that falls down. So it isn't just about that deployment time. It's about an ongoing process to keep everything up and running. And that will feed into the second half of your question. So one of the biggest challenges I see customers having is trying to make sense of all the different vendors and solutions for all the different aspects of Zero Trust architecture, including IAM. Security is hard, and having so many options allows for a flexibility that our customers need. It also makes it a challenge even for security experts to pick the vendor or set of vendors that's right for them and to ensure that the ongoing processes keeps that security control doing what it's supposed to be doing. So with with ZTA taking a center stage as a solid architectural model, I suspect that IAM will start to converge with other security controls and corresponding vendors will start to more work more closely together to provide a one-stop shop for ZTA. Now, at a practical level, one-stop shop almost never happens. But even moving in that direction should allow for simplification, streamlining, and improving efficiency in the product offerings. So I see there's a lot of focus on the authentication and and uh, authorization aspect of IAM, but I see the auditing aspect, keeping the the security controls up and running and working properly as really a place to to dive into and provide differentiated value for our customers.
0: That's, yeah, I I do love doing these podcasts because I obviously get to talk to experts like yourself and hear different viewpoints. And the audit piece is something that I've never thought about that that's really fundamental because you can get this up and running and it can work one day, but who's to say who's changed something behind the scenes, especially in a large organization or if you're connecting to the outside world um, and it can break anything.
1: There's a common thought and I agree with it that the biggest security vulnerability in any data center is the human being. Um, We are are flawed creatures, we make mistakes. Um, Social engineering is is becoming a a much bigger attack route than brute force. Um, I I think from a a cybersecurity perspective, there'll always be brute force attacks, but they're more about low hanging fruit. They're less effective than going the social engineering route. Just read about some of the headlines and how, how did they get access to the system? Somebody conned somebody into doing it. Uh, So between making honest mistakes, uh, being socially engineered or even insider threats, bad actors from inside the organization, the auditing dimension is going to be one way to protect against those attacks. And I personally think AI and machine learning will have a huge factor in the auditing aspect of this. As an example, a very basic one, you've got your logs and you've got a brute force attack where someone is just trying different passwords over and over and over again. A good audit process will catch that at some point and then alert people, hey, there's something happening over here, go do something about it. And that's just even at the most basic level.
0: Wow, yes. That- AI learning and that whole the AI intelligent piece of, of looking at that data that's coming back and making sense of it that, again, a normal human being wouldn't have the time literally to sit through some of those logs. So I can really see that being something going forward where we're going to see a lot more intelligence brought in. Yeah, absolutely. That
1: intelligence and the technology exist. I'm not talking about anything groundbreaking here. What I think for the future though, is the bringing it together is to um, make it easier to bring the toolbox to the customer. And then every customer gets to decide what's right for their data center. We don't have, we, we should not be forcing customers. You've got to use this vendor and this vendor, or you can't use us. We need to give them a toolbox filled with all sorts of tools that we support and work with, and they get to choose we need this vendor, that security control, and this process in place. Great, we're gonna support you on that. Let's get it configured.
0: And we'll have some very happy customers. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay, I think we are pretty much up on time for the moment, Uh, but I, I hate to say it, Joanne, you will be back because you have a huge amount of information around security that I'm sure A lot of our listeners would be very keen to hear. So I'd like to say a huge thank you for your time today. Uh, And it's been really interesting to hear how we are working around some of these acronyms. I mean, uh, IAM, I'm getting there. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so thank you for your time. Extremely interesting. Uh, I'm Steve Dayborn, and this is the Power of Technology podcast's don't forget to check out some of the other podcasts available um, from the Power of Technology series. Thank you for your time today. And have a great rest of your day.